Yeah, I'm Ben. Um, for those of you who don't know. Hey, guys. Hey. Huh? Okay, anyways. Um, yeah, so like I said, I was Ben. I'm one of the interns here. And, huh? I am slightly, not really being replaced. But anyways, um, so actually right now, if, I just want to say, if you're sitting next to someone who's going to be distracting you the whole time, who you're going to be talking with the whole time, just to, now's your chance to just kind of separate um, from them so that you can hear what the Lord has to say. Because I know it's a large, big group. You haven't seen each other in a week. I would be one of those kids I was talking. So just, if you have an opportunity, you have the opportunity now if you want to, just to separate yourself if you know you're going to be talking. Anyways, so um, last week, uh, Caleb started the series about who God is, right? And so today we get to continue that with how God, God is a provider, right? So really, a lot of us now, we get caught up in what we have um, or what we want. So like we get caught up, so like with me, it's, I like to look good. I like to buy clothes. Um, it's not just clothes. It's I like to get the name brand. So like, for example, like right now, like my undershirt is like, a, it's a Vineyard Vine shirt as an undershirt. Like, I don't, you know, I just like the name brand. So I go to thrift stores and I'm not gonna get it unless it has a name brand. But anyways, we get caught up in that right now is the money, the power, and what we can get, what we can gain in this world. We get caught up in how much we, we want and how much we can get. And so, there's a little clip just about a celebrity, uh, something that you all know that was just very powerful and accomplished a lot in his life and just how that didn't mean much. So, go ahead with that. Dion is the only man in history to play in both the Super Bowl and the World Series. He dominated both sports for more than a decade, earning himself two Super Bowl rings and a spot in the Hall of Fame. So out of all of the sporting moments, what was your greatest, do you think? Do you ever think about those or do you not really? Honestly, man, behind the veil, behind the mask, I'm really different than my public persona. My public persona is prime time, you know? So like, even like when you won the Super Bowl and stuff? When I won the Super Bowl, when I won my first Super Bowl. What did you do? I was the first one on the bus, first one to bed. I didn't even go to party. It was something missing inside, man. It wasn't fulfilling as I thought it was. It wasn't about the things, the outward things, because I had um, power, money, and, and sex but it wasn't fulfilling. So you had all of that power, money? In sex. And it was, it just? It was empty, it was an empty feeling still. Still empty. So what happened? That's when I went through my, my first divorce in which the only things that I knew that truly loved me were my two kids. Now they're gone. Now they've been taken away. Because you lost custody of your kids. It was devastating and I went through suicidal thoughts, a suicidal period. I, I ran um, this car off the side of the highway and was at the bottom. I thought it would just, the car would flip, it didn't flip. And I was still there. And I was like, man. Hmm. Shortly after that, I had to just come to the Lord with my hands up, say, I'm done. I can't do it anymore. You got me. I give up. God, you take me. So like all of that power, money, sex, didn't empty. give you what your There's empty. faith has. Empty, emptiness. There's a great power to being able to achieve amazing things. 
and yet hold them so lightly because you have something far more precious. That's it. And you know, we share a faith together. You know, it's like a backbone to me as well. And it's like all the achievements and the summits, and they're, they're nothing compared to. Right. You know, that's something inside, and I totally see it in you. I stay strong, and I never question God, and I won custody. Of so my you won babies. custody. Yeah, I won custody of all my babies, and I'm happy. You know, I pride myself on being the best dad in the world, man. I know all their shoe sizes, all their clothes sizes, their teachers. Uh, I know how to braid my daughter's hair. <laughs> it has to be something bigger than you that you're working for, that you're living for. If it's all about you, You've already lost. First Timothy six seven through nine, for we brought nothing into the world, and we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. Those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap, and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. So as we saw, Deion Sanders had everything. Right, he won the Super Bowl, which a lot of us or a lot of people are trying their whole life to accomplish, and he accomplished that. But not only did he do that, he also played in the World Series. So, for those of you who don't understand how crazy that is, that not only did he get to play in the NFL, that he also got to play in the MLB. So he played professional football and professional baseball. Not many can, people can do that. I mean, we see Tim Tebow trying to do it now but he's, he's struggling a little bit. But anyways, so Deion Sanders had fame beyond what we can imagine. Man could walk into any, any restaurant and they would know who he was. Like I said, he was, he was in the big time. He, everyone knew him. He had fame. He had money. He had every, anything he could imagine. But he described it as feeling empty. That, like it says in First Timothy, that it leads down into a path of destruction. That he tried to commit suicide that he tried to destroy his life and to end it. But luckily he didn't, and he realized that there was something bigger than him. That it's not all about what you have in this world. It's not about the fame, the money, and the power, right? That's what, in America, that's the American dream, right? Is to get, get as much money and power as you can. To hire yourself in this world. And we lose focus on what God calls us to do. Like I was saying, we get caught up in what we wear. We get caught up in wondering what we're going to eat for dinner. When truly, I mean, dinner does sound kind of good. I should probably should eat some pizza because I'm a little hungry. But anyways, it doesn't matter about that. It doesn't matter about what we're going to have for dinner, what we're going to wear tomorrow. And that's what God is our provider. And that's what we're going to talk about today. But as an example of that, a little bit about me is that when I went away for college, I lived in an apartment. And so I lived in this terrible apartment. Terrible. Really small, dirty. By the end, actually, by the end of the year, it was infested by cockroaches. Yeah, really, really disgusting. But anyways, so after I paid my bills, paid for... Like, you know, like the apartment itself, the rent, um, electricity, and the water bill. I was left with $15 a month. That was $15 to buy myself groceries, put gas in my car so I could get to school, 
and just fifteen dollars just to spend on whatever I wanted. Now some of you are like, oh sweet, I wish I had fifteen dollars a month. Um or have fifteen dollars a month and think it's cool. But when you try and live by yourself and support yourself on fifteen dollars for groceries, you guys can look at me like I'm a big dude, like I like to eat. And that's hard to do with only fifteen dollars a month. So what happened was God God ended up providing for me. But it wasn't wasn't always easy. And a lot of us, we're going to go through times like that in our lives. I know with my family, there's times when we struggled with money. See, when I was struggling in college to have $15 a month to live off of, so was my family. So that's why my family couldn't send me extra money to get me out of it. But I had to fully rely on God. And so if we go into the book of Matthew, Matthew 25 through 35, so it's 10, 10 verses, so I'm up. I'm not going to all say it at once. I'm going to break it up into sections. And I got four sections in here for you guys. I don't know why that's in my Bible. Oh, that's our calendar. Anyways. All right, so Matthew 25, um, the first through 35, the first section of that is, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body. What you wear is not life more than food, and the body more than clothes. So, so it's off as just saying, don't worry about all this stuff. Don't worry about the clothes you're wearing or the food that you're going to eat. Because isn't your life more important than the food that you're going to eat? Or, hold up. Yeah, life more than food. Isn't your, your life more important than what you're going to eat? Don't we have a different or a bigger calling in life than just to worry about what we're going to eat? And the second part when it says, and your body more than clothes. Right? Our bodies are a temple of God. So isn't our body worth more than what we could put on as clothes? Like clothes, like they're not as important as our own body. That there's something bigger for us than just to worry about the simple little things that we get caught up in. So in the next part, talking about verse 26, look at the birds of the air, they do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, one of you by worrying, add a single hour to your life? So we see the birds in the sky, right? All flying around, happy, chirping. They, right? they, know, they don't run out of food. They have food. That it says our heavenly Father provides for them. They don't, do birds stir up their food? No, they, they go day by day. Just getting those worms and all the other little insects, whatever they eat. And it says, are we not more important than they? As we know that God said, told us that we are created in his image. That we are created in God's image, yet he provides for those birds. He provides for all the animals out there. Right? All their met, needs are met. But then why are we worrying about what we're wearing, what we're going to eat, what we're going to do tomorrow, how we're going to further ourselves in this world? Because our heavenly, so we are a child of God, right? And a father's, while he's on this earth, provides for the son. That, for example, my dad provided for me. My dad did all he could to help me 
in this world, to provide for the needs that I had, for even the wants that I had. But it says God is the great father, as he's more than we can imagine. He's greater than we can imagine. And that's, he's gonna provide for us. That because we worry, what is worrying gonna do for us? It's not gonna add a single hour to your life. Worrying gets you nowhere. Right, but instead when we worry, we tend to sit back and we get lazy. We tend to step away and just sad, like we crumble up, you know, metaphorically, and no, we don't all do that, but we kind of retreat when we worry, when we're scared. And so it's, where does that get you in your life? All right, so in verse 28, and why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin, yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow it is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So we all know the story of Solomon, right? We know that God was like, you can have one wish. And he was like, I want wisdom. But because he asked for wisdom, that God provided much more for him. God gave him more than he could ever want. God blessed him with the riches, um, more riches than he could imagine. Right, more than he could ever need. And it says that Solomon didn't care about that. Solomon wasn't dressing up in the fanciest of clothes, strutting around, showing off what he's got. But now that Solomon trusted in Jesus. He trusted that God provided, and he loved that God provided for his needs, but he knew that his earthly possessions were not um, to care about. That wasn't the priority in life. How if we go back to 1 Timothy, for we brought nothing into the world and we could take nothing out of it. That we came into this world as a baby. We came into it as this little, I don't know, I'll tell you what I mean, baby. Little, little baby. And we come in with nothing and we leave with nothing. So that means nothing we gain here on earth matters. So then why do we worry about it? That's how Solomon, Solomon had anything, anything he could ever want. He had it. But he wasn't caught up in worrying about it all. And how it says in the Bible that it's easier for a, rich man, or for a poor man to enter the gates of heaven than a rich man, or no, no, no. It's easier for a rich man, for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. There we go. So it's, I'm not saying that because he's rich, it wasn't easier for him. Because he had anything, it's easier to say No. But it says that those who want to get rich fall into temptation and trap into many foolish and harmful desires. That because you have more money, more power, and more goods here on earth, it doesn't make it easier for you. Verse 31. So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So again, this is just God telling us that, just to not worry. To not worry about what you can eat, drink, or wear. 
for this is what the people of the world run after. But seek first the kingdom of right and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. That we're here on earth, we are told to seek and find God. That we are supposed to run after God. And to seek, to seek his kingdom. So when I was in college, back to that story I was telling you, the first semester, I can tell you that I was not truly seeking the kingdom of God. That first semester was, was terrible. Trying to provide with that $15 a month, it was nearly impossible. Second semester comes, rolls around, and I started getting plugged into the church. I started really seeking the kingdom. And that's when I saw God provide. I saw God provide more than I needed. So by getting plugged into that church, he introduced me to new people in my life. People that were willing to make me food. That every Wednesday night we had a Bible study and it was college students, so of course they would give us food. But that they would always make extra of that food and make more food, like different meals, and give to me. Because they knew that I couldn't afford meals. That I couldn't eat every day. There were days when I didn't eat because I didn't have any food. I remember there was two months in a row when I didn't buy any food because I had no money. There were times when I had to tell my girlfriend that I couldn't come visit her because I had no gas money. But when I truly started seeking the kingdom is when I saw God provide for me. When God started putting blessings in my life, and that's just for all of us. See, when we truly seek the kingdom of God, he blesses us. He blesses us more than we can imagine and can hope for. But you don't get to really truly experience that until we seek the kingdom. So by staying here on earth and just, oh, I want this, I want this, I want this, I want all this power, I want to be famous, I want to be like the Kardashians. Like, that's, that was terrible, all right. I hope none of you want to be like the Kardashians. But what I'm trying to say is when we are here on earth seeking the earthly possessions, that we lose focus of God. We lose focus of his plan for our lives. And if you don't know this, that Jesus has the perfect life for you. That Jesus, it's one thing that my mom has always told me. And at first I was always like, yeah, whatever. But the more that I've found or like dove into the word, I realized that it's true that Jesus does have the perfect life for you. Yeah, it's gonna have your ups, ups and downs, but that God has a perfect life for you and it's gonna provide for you in every situation. That in those low times of life, right, we always say that life is a roller coaster, right? So you got the ups and the downs. And when you're in that down part, to seek the kingdom. That God knows it all. God knows that you, you need the food, you need the water, you need clothes on your back. But to seek him, to seek him and he will provide. Now I know that I've just been talking about clothes, water, um, and food. I don't know why I couldn't think of food. Anyways, but that goes for everything in life. That God provides for your needs. 
Now, it's not going to say that God's going to give you a Xbox or a PlayStation, which would be nice if, you know, you see God and just down falls that. But that's not what it's saying. That God provides for our needs. That God isn't going to let you suffer. Yeah, we're going to suffer because we're Christians and we're seeking God, but that there is a perfect gift for us. The, the gift of everlasting life. The gift of spending eternity in heaven with him. So if we truly believe that God is our provider, then our life would be matching up with that. For example, in the book of Acts, it's talking about the early church. In the early church, um, there was examples pulled up of, actually, if you took a devotional this past week on Friday, you actually learned about this, but the, they would sell their land, their homes, and they would take all that money and put it at the disciples' feet. That they would use that money to help other people because that they knew God would provide for them and had provided for them more than they could ever need. They knew they didn't need that stuff. They knew that God was gonna provide for them. So what they did, they put it, all the money. Not some of the money. Because how easy would us, me in general, be like, yeah, okay, I'll go sell it. I'll give a little bit here to the church. It'll seem like a lot, but I'm gonna keep some of it, right, because I want things. But no, they took all of the money and put it at the disciples' feet to help those in need and because they truly knew that God was their provider. See, and that's with us. If we truly knew or truly believed that God was our provider, then we wouldn't get caught up in all these things. Yes, it's, it's nice to have the name brand, um, clothes, to go out to well, the Cheesecake Factory every night and just eat like kings all the time. And that's awesome if God has blessed you with that. But that's not what we need our focus to be on. Our focus isn't on earthly things and stepping ourselves up in this world. But our focus should be to seek the kingdom, to seek God in everything that we do, in every stage of our life to seek him. And in the, if we go back into Matthew and one verse before, into Matthew chapter six, verse 24, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, but you'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. I know that's a verse a lot of us have heard, and a lot of us are just like, yeah, I get it, huh, yeah, okay. But if you truly think about it, and throughout the Bible, God talks about rich people all the time. And with us, it's a lot of you high schoolers are like, ooh, I gotta get this job because I want some money so I can go hang out with my friends and do blah, 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 blah. But Bible talks about how the rich man it's hard for the rich man to enter into heaven. Because when we get into more, more money, it says that we're tempted with more things. So our focus, again, isn't on this money, but on God himself. So this week, I wanna challenge you guys to stop worrying about all the things that you have, all the things that you want. Because Um, where are they? Yeah, this week, but really not this week because it's gonna take more than a week. But as you just continue your lives, you continue your daily activities to stop worrying about all the earthly possessions, your food, your clothes, what you're gonna do tomorrow, but to worry about God. 
Three about, are you pleasing God in everything that you do? Are you seeking his kingdom? Are you drawing closer to God? I mean, that's pretty simple, um, but it's hard to do. It's easy just to say, oh yeah, God provides. But to really live it is hard. I catch myself doing it all the time. I mean, I told you, I like all the name brand. I, there's a joke going around the office that every month I get a new pair of shoes. Yeah, it seems like it. But <laughs> it's to not worry about that. Not worry about how we look. But to love God and to seek his kingdom. So I'm gonna pray for you guys real quick. Dear God, we, we thank you for, for being you, Lord, uh, for providing for our needs, for sending your son to die on the cross so that we can spend eternity with you, Lord. That you love us even when we mess up. That, Lord, and we just, we thank you. We thank you for the blessings in our lives, Lord. But I ask you to help all of us in this room right now, Lord, to, to seek your kingdom first. Do not focus on what this earth has to provide for us, but to focus on you, Lord. I ask you to help these students have a fire lit under them, Lord, that they will seek you in all that they do. Lord, and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen.